This is the Gizern Roastcast. My name is Philip Ackerblom and I'm your host. Let's go down the rabbit hole of knowledge, experimenting and how to build a business over a cup of coffee. Welcome to the Gizern Roastcast. This is Philip Ackerblom and together with me today I have Samo Schmirk. Did I pronounce it correctly? It's uh, pronounced uh, Smirke, but don't Smirke. worry, also also in my country people have troubles pronouncing my family name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, in this uh, second season we're going to talk more into depth about practicality in roasting of uh, knowledge that we can actually take use of when we work in with roasting. So Samu, for... The guys and girls who don't know who you are, could you do a short introduction about yourself? Sure. Thank, first, I would like to say thank you for inviting me uh, to this uh, podcast. Um, and uh, I am I'm basically, my, my education is in chemistry. I'm an analytical chemistry a chemist, a PhD, and I did the part of my research about chemistry on, on coffee, on natural extracts, on uh, plant metabolites. And then this brought me into the research of coffee in the group of uh, Professor Shahani Retzian at Zurich University of Applied Sciences, where since now about 10 years, I research um, coffee. It's basically science of coffee that is based on chemistry, on chemical analysis. So we are looking into the, the, the chemistry of coffee and trying to explain coffee based on chemical knowledge. And my focus is on um, what we call the transformations of coffee. Um, and this is from basically from, from green bean to uh, ground coffee. So uh, our, we, 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 our group, research group, does uh, research on the whole value chain of coffee, but this is where I lead the projects. And so basically it has to do with roasting, um, freshness, packaging, uh, you know, aroma stability in coffee, oxidation of coffee, uh, capsules, capsule production, uh, grinding, and, and and everything that is in between. So between the green bean and uh, before, just before you extract the coffee. Yeah, so that's perfect because today's ep- episode is about uh, coffee freshness, one of your specialities. <laughs> yes, that's that's my favorite favorite topic. <laughs> of course, when we talk about freshness, we talk um, we think about roasted coffee freshness, right? Yeah, but freshness is everywhere in the coffee, so every every step is important. I was actually helping a, a company in Lund outside Malmo, is a university city. They, you know, Okersund or Rousing, you know, um, Tetrapak. They were doing mm-hmm. a, a new uh, packaging line for coffee, and I was uh, teaching um, from your book um, about um, about degassing. Degassing, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were really thankful and uh, they uh, they really liked the book uh, that you made. Oh, thank you. Uh, so for you out there listening, uh, where can they buy um, the book some? Uh, the, this is the SCA Freshness Handbook and it's sold through the SCA store. Perfect. So it's there. There we have, um, it's the book. It's about four years old now. So what's... Um, 
Of course, there have been research and uh, development since then, but the fundamentals about the freshness, about degassing and everything related to packaging, it's uh, pretty much uh, all in there. Yeah, it's a really great uh, summary of what you need to learn about degassing and freshness. But today uh, we're going to pick some subjects from the book. And uh, uh, one of the things I always take with me when I start roasting coffee is, you know, like we're... We start creating a lot of flavors in the coffee, like we're we're sourcing green beans, but the green beans doesn't smell or taste so much. And then suddenly there's an explosion of flavors. Uh, but like, for how long can we feel these kind of flavors that, you know, when you grind the coffee or like when you taste the coffee, for how long can you experience these kind of flavors? To, to, to be able to answer this question, we have to go a bit to the fundamentals. So basically you're saying, yes, when we roast the coffee, we develop the flavors. So the green coffee has no coffee flavor. And when we roast the coffee, the the changes, really, really big changes happen. And there's two changes that happen. One are the changes in the chemical uh, composition of coffee. So we generate the, uh, the, the the extractables, what is then the TDS, the, the break down the, the carbohydrates in coffee, break down the sugars, then we generate the aroma in in uh, in coffee. Yeah. So the vol- what we call the volatile molecules, which contribute to the smell and then to most to the flavor of coffee. And uh, the second thing that we do, we change the physical structure of the bean. So the green bean is dense, it's hard. Uh, we cannot grind it. You know, if we, we cut it and we look at it through the microscope, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's dense material. But when we look at the roasted bean, uh, it's brittle. It's porous. Like half of the half of the space of more than half of the space of the green bean is actually uh, gas. So so it's very porous. It's also um, so this means that we can grind it and also extract it. But it comes from a, with the downside to this porosity. It also means that the aroma really quickly is lost from the green from the roasted bean. So so the roasted bean after roasting is really oversaturated with aroma. Yeah. And these aroma molecules, they really want to escape uh, from the bean. So, so, so the question: How long when we keep can we keep it fresh? Yeah. Can be answered by knowing how fast these molecules escape. Okay. So, so there's then different uh, external parameters that uh, impact the coffee. So we can then have an answer for this, and this is how the coffee is stored. Yeah. So first thing that the coffee is really sensitive to is the oxidation. Okay, so that's the most uh, like dangerous uh, for the coffee is the oxygen. Yes, the oxidation is dangerous because the oxygen reacts with coffee, and this uh, this happens two ways. First, it's destroying uh, some of the aroma molecules, so the sensitive ones, and the second is re- reacting with coffee oil and is producing rancid flavor. And if if we have these uh, reactions, then at some point, even if we have the aroma that is still there. Uh, we'll have unpleasant rancid flavors in coffee, and then the coffee will not be good anymore. Okay. Then, then the second second thing is is the temperature. So the temperature drives these reactions, and uh, if we have high temperature, everything will happen faster, and the coffee will age faster. Whereas if we have low temperature, we keep the coffee fresher for longer. Okay. So I was reading uh, in the book that you need to go down to minus forty degrees 
Yes, we, we you can go as slow as, as you want to have to go. If we go to uh, you know absolute zero, we will have the coffee fresh indefinite. Uh, but practically, our domestic freezer minus eighteen degrees will prolong the coffee freshness for about uh, ten times. Okay. So so if we go from uh, you know one month optimal freshness, we can go to about one year uh, if we use coffee it's frozen. Yeah. But then, then we also have the third parameter, which is the, the space. So the aroma likes to escape. So we have to keep copy in a bag that is closed, that the aroma does not escape from the beans. Okay, so like vacuum pack is the best or? Um, in this principle, it's not really best. In this case, it's, it's not beneficial uh, compared to a like nitrogen flushed bag in this respect, because as long as you have a closed bag that does not leak. Okay. Uh, of course, there we have to talk then also about the valves on the back, which are made to leak. But, you know, I, I mean, leak in terms of that the b- b- package is tight, that the material is, is impermeable for uh, oxygen and aroma. So then you have a closed back and then the aroma will not escape. But once if you have a back that is open or not sealed properly, then you have aroma escaping from the back. Yeah, yeah. I can re- really recommend people to try different valves uh, because I've been testing last year, I was testing with five different valves to see how they were leaking. And there was a huge difference in the different compositions. Yes, I, I can imagine this because each valve needs certain pressure to to close, right? There must be some pressure. Yeah. And uh, if if this pressure is too low, then the valve is leaky. But if it's it needs some pressure in the back to release the CO two, then um, then it's 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 less likely to be leaking. Yeah. So for the really geeky ones mm-hmm. out there, different valves for different coffees. <laughs> yeah. If this this is of course, if you have a dark roast or light roast, there might be a difference, right? Also, type of package you have. Some packages might. Will will not look nice if they inflate slightly, and some packages are okay if if they're slightly inflated based on the shape how they're folded. Yeah. So, mm. but yeah. to answer the, the, your question, how long the the coffee is fresh, it it in the end also has to go down to, with the consumer. So if the consumer can't tolerate some rancid notes, some stale notes, then you know you can have the coffee in principle fresh. Indefinite because uh, it's from a, you know, health perspective, it's a stable product. If it doesn't get moisture, it will does not have an expiry date. It will never be unhealthy to to drink the coffee. Uh, But if you you look for the the flavor, the highest flavor, uh, and the the most most intense flavor, then it can it can vary, right? Yeah. How long they're fresh? It it has to get then. You know, the goal of the roaster, I think, it's the uh, that find the optimum packaging for the purpose. And then it depends on the consumer, how tolerant they are. And uh, based on this, we can say how long they're fresh. So what's the biggest difference in a light roasted coffee and a dark roasted coffee? Mm-hmm. The biggest difference is that the dark roasted coffee tends to get oil on the surface. And once you get the oil on the surface, this coffee gets incredibly susceptible to oxidation and even small concentrations of oxygen. And I'm talking about, you know, 2-3% in the back. Uh, so ambient is 21. So even very flushed coffee, uh, coffee bags, but not completely flushed, even this con- concentration of oxygen can cause rancid flavors and will cause a um, faster aging of coffee and a shorter shelf life. Interesting. 
And then with the lateros, there's much less of this risk. But then also with the lateros, it's again, the aroma is more susceptible, but it's not as dangerous as this. You know, once you get oil on the surface of beans, this is then very, uh, very hard to keep this coffee that it, it doesn't oxidize. Okay. So, but what kind of different ways are there to preserve the flavor? Um, there, so, so first thing is that the package is, is uh, as tight as possible. Second thing is that you uh, flush the back with nitrogen, so you uh, get rid of the oxygen, so you get you don't have this problem of oxidation. And then the third way would be the vacuum packing, as you mentioned, is because this way you also pump out the oxygen. But the problem with but just to finish this, the problem with the vacuum package is that you can't have a one-way valve. And it means that you need to degas the coffee before packaging because otherwise the package will still inflate because of the degassing process. Yeah. So there are a lot of roasters out there that are they are not flushing the bags because they're the philosophy they have is that there is a lot of carbon dioxide pressure from the coffee beans to push out the oxygen from the bag. What's your answer on that? Yes. So this um, we were also saying that all oh, the CO2 does produce a partially protective atmosphere. So it pushes the oxygen out and the, in the end you end up with maybe 50 to 80% CO2 in the in the coffee in the bag. So the oxygen can go down to four or five percent. And this helps slightly to reduce the oxidation reactions, but it's not comparable to a full nitrogen flush. So this coffee will not be one year without rancid notes as you know if you have a very well packaged coffee that is nitrogen flushed if you have to have it one year yes it will be stale the aroma will not be good anymore but if it was very well nitrogen flushed it will not have the rancid aroma are there other gases than nitrogen you can use or is it only nitrogen um you can use other gases for sure anything that is not reactive with coffee so you can use co2 in principle although then you're not helping the co2 to go out and then as we know co2 too much CO2 in coffee has then some problems with the with the extraction that we don't want to have it. You could do, use also argon, for example, which is the, the, the third most abundant gas in the atmosphere, but uh, there's no advantage of using nitrogen to argon. It's, argon is just more expensive than nitrogen. So like what kind is it possible to describe like what kind of compound compounds in the coffee that are the most affected by the oxygen? Like the oxidization, there's some some molecules in, in in of the aroma molecules that are susceptible to oxidation and they're very volatile and they're crucial uh, to the coffee aroma. And uh, these are the so-called uh, sulfur-containing organic molecules. The, the, these are very sensitive to oxidation and uh, you know uh, they're volatile, so they like to escape from the bag. And these these will be affected first. Uh, but there's also other important coffee aromas that might react to the oxygen and will break down and will not have the, the aromas we want to have. And of course, then the, what I mentioned, the coffee oil, the oil gets oxidized, the oxidized produces really unpleasant aromas. And that's that's this is where the damage is, is happening uh, in terms of roasted coffee freshness. I was uh, thinking about carbon dioxide that are created when you're roasting coffee. How long is that like affecting the flavor, like when you brew coffee? How should I think about letting my coffee rest compared to use it for tasting the best when it's fresh? You understand what I mean? Yes. So the, the carbon dioxide is interacting two ways with your coffee. 
So one, the most obvious way is that you, your coffee comes in contact with water when you extract it. And because the carbon dioxide is in there, at, if you have a coffee fresh, it's in there at reasonably high pressure. So there's few bars of pressure in the coffee particles. And then once the coffee touches with water, the, 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 the surface tensions uh, in the liquid of the water, they just, you know, push the water in the coffee particles and then in, 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 and then the CO2 is pushed out. So, so this we see, you know, mostly, most clearly with uh, filtered coffee preparation that we call it the blooming or with the copping, it also blooms and forms the crust. Uh, and this is most clearly seen. And also it's, it's clear that even if we have inside pressure of maybe four or five bars, just the, the surface tensions are way stronger and just the water just goes in the particles and pushes out the CO2. And, and then you have a lot of air, a lot of gas, or a lot of gas of the CO2 gas around the coffee particles uh, because it was inside at higher pressure. It goes out, it's lower pressure, and then it expands. So it has a much larger volume. And this is then preventing the contact of, of the water to the coffee particle. Okay. And there, there we have a problem with extraction because we want to have the contact of water to coffee. Uh, to to do you know to to extract to to uh, flush out all the solubles all the aroma and and therefore there, there's this uh, CO two is obstructing the extraction and it, it is the extraction dynamics are just different if we have a lot of CO two and if we don't have a lot of CO two it's it's the same with espresso there we have also another thing that the viscosity of the brew is different because we have the crema the fine bubbles in the in the flow if we have a lot of CO2. And we also have to think about how fast the coffee is flowing, what the particle size is. Mm-hmm. And and there there the CO2 will really affect the extraction dynamics. Okay. Uh, and the second thing is uh, in the end also if we have a lot of CO2, it end, ends up in our brew and CO2 can make it uh, theoretically slightly more acidic because it's more dissolved CO2 in, in the beverage will make it more acidic. Although, um, as far as I understood, this has been shown for uh, soft drinks and uh, ciders and uh, beverages like this with high high CO2 content, but not for coffee. So this is just you know a hypothesis which might be or might not be true for coffee. Okay. Is there any recommendation for how long time you should let the coffee rest before you taste it? Um, I think there's. It it really depends on the coffee that you have and what uh, your expectations are of the flavor. I think the my. I would not give any recommendation there. Yeah. I could say, for example, with espresso, there's some technical problems of brewing. If you have too much CO two, then you don't have really con- contact with um, of the particles with water. And you, it's really hard to extract. And perhaps, you know, there might be you no know, three, four days, really the minimum to make a reasonably good espresso. But of course, it depends from coffee to coffee, because if you roast differently, there will be different content of CO2. And uh, for example, fast roast will lose faster CO2 than a slow roast. And then this recommendation might be, you know, I would say three days, and then the other coffee might be six days, and they would behave the same. So, so these these are really there can be a big differences, and of course, going from light roast to dark roast, it's also a big difference. So, 
Yeah. There's just too many variables. Yeah. I think the important is that the roasters know to understand their coffee and know their coffee and also know not only how it behaves until they pack it and sell it, but also they have to know how it behaves in the back so they can uh, consult and explain their coffee, how long uh, it needs to be stored before it's extracted and uh, for what it can be, uh, what kind of um, extraction it will be used. So... Different recommendations on different coffees. Yes, yes. And uh, it's uh, I think it's really great because people today are usually comparing like what people are writing on the bags. Like yeah, this should be used like one month bef- after roasting or like two weeks. And I think like you say, it's get to know your coffee and mm-hmm. put the recommendations that you think your coffee tastes the best. Yes, that's really an excellent point that you mentioned. And I, I really don't see this a lot. And to be honest, it was just two days ago since I first saw on social media a coffee bag that had a best after date written. So there was a roast date, a best after date, and best before date. And I think this best best after, it's a really good uh, thing to do to recommend your customers that oh you we don't recommend you to use this coffee before a certain date it also is very, it's very popular today i get a lot of customers asking for like the freshest coffee mm-hmm. is the, if the coffee is nitro flushed is there any idea of buying the coffee as the fresh as possible if it's nitro flushed uh, no in my opinion not because if the coffee is nitro flushed, it means it's well protected. Then uh, you don't need to to have it extra super fresh. Uh, you, the coffee will stay fresh for a reasonably long time that you can uh, extract it and drink it. If you buy uh, even for home use, if you buy a 200, 250 gram bag, you know you you, you yeah. will use it up if you don't have too many bags around. <laughs> but then, of, of course, then the, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you're a lousy coffee drinker. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like this. Of course, it's a different story for a coffee shop, but then they are they're using much more quantity, and this is probably not an issue there. It's more for home consumer. And yeah. um, of course, with the coffee shop, it's more knowing that the coffee is this age after uh, roasting, because if you uh, suddenly get a coffee that is, uh, you know, two days after roasting, and then another time, three weeks after roasting, it will just behave so different on espresso that inexperienced baristas will have a trouble dialing in uh, this coffee. Yeah. If we're looking on like different packaging bags, because there are so many out there today, there are like uh, plastic, paper, aluminum. Uh, they're like, like who should roasters think when they're packaging coffee, uh, like the barrier of their bags? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the first thing they need to look at at it as how how long they they want to have their coffee fresh. Uh, what what is the timeline that their consumer will use the coffee? If they really sell only you know only locally to um, to people who buy really fresh and they use it up, and that's that's the the, the customer base. And it really makes no sense to flush and use aluminium laminated bags. And even without valve, it works. Then, uh, and there can be a paper with a with a thin uh, plastic layer for, for, for to make it slightly impermeable. Uh, I think it works. It should work well for most cases. But then, if you 
if a roaster sells coffee to the supermarket where you don't have any control of where the coffee is standing before it goes on the shelf, how long it's on the shelf, you know, is there sun shining on the shelf while it's there? Uh, there's so many unknowns that that you you sh- you should uh, you you have no control of. Then perhaps you have to go to the more impermeable, uh, so high barrier materials where you have an aluminium layer within the packaging to to make sure that you can deliver the quality. Do you were talking about the sun? Is so if I have a transparent bag, how is the sun uh, affecting the freshness? So this uh, one thing, of course, is that the temperature will go up, and we have really you will have uh, a lot of um, <clears throat> increase in in the freshness loss because of high temperature. Uh, there is also the um, the oxidation will will speed up very much if you increase the temperatures above thirty degrees Celsius. Uh, and then also the the light the, the light is one other thing. Yes, the light can also. Although this is not known exactly, but in principle, the light will trigger the oxidation reactions and they will be much faster. So it's it's really best to avoid uh, direct sunlight on your coffee. Hmm. There's so many things to take in consideration. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why when you ask uh, how long they're fresh or, or what is the best way, there's no one answer because there's too many variables to, 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 to have uh, a single recipe. Yeah. So like when you're buying coffee like uh, there's a lot of people that would like to buy the best green coffee and there's like so hard to get because there are many roasters competing on getting the coffee so uh, you want to sample roast the coffee as fast as possible and copy it as fast as possible so you can get an understanding of buying the right coffee you want so when i'm doing a sample roasting is it possible to like to copy it directly after roasting and get uh, understanding of the quality of the coffee. Oh, that that is a really tough question, <laughs> and I I'm not so sure that it's possible to to foresee how this coffee will develop with time. Yeah, uh, I think that perhaps there might be a few people uh, in the world who really have the experience of first copying many coffees and then knowing how they behave with time, how they develop. To have the answer, but it's a very tough one. So I would say that don't assume that uh, a coffee will develop in a certain way okay. uh, after cupping. I think cupping is a great way to to do quality control of your coffees because you're doing it directly after roasting. But then you know if if you use the coffee for espresso and you cupped it, uh, it's very very hard to draw conclusions how the coffee will be in, in, in espresso one week after roasting if you compare it how it was uh, one uh, one the same day after roast or the next day after roast as cupping. Mm. That is uh, it's it's a big question. Mm. We're actually doing some studies currently about this because it is a topic that concerns. Certain businesses. But you could actually grind it in a certain way to increase the gas exposure, lower the gas release. Yes, you can. You can do it. You can you can pre-grind espresso and then wait for 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, you know, grind fresh coffee, temp it, and prepare the, the coffee for extraction, and then wait uh, for a certain time and then extract it. But it will not be the same as if it was aged in whole bean for a week. So you might get the CO2 to the same level so that the extraction, you know, the dialing in and the, 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 the extraction time and the TDS might be similar. 
but the aroma profile will not be similar because aging and, and how coffee ages in 20 minutes as ground coffee prepared for espresso yeah. compared to how it ages a week yeah. as in whole bean, uh, it's, it's different. Although maybe, you know, in terms of the CO2, so that you can extract it the same way, that aging might be the same, but okay. the aroma will not be the same. I was thinking of, um, I don't know if you remember a colleague of yours doing a lecture on the roaster camp some years ago about oxidization during roasting. Yes, that's that's also yeah, that's also a thing. I remember we did a study about um, so we we roasted coffee in nitrogen and in oxygen, and it appears as oxygen is actually needed during roasting to generate coffee uh, coffee flavor, mm. a good coffee flavor. Uh, but this it's it's a tough one to answer because yeah. it might be different from coffee Very. to coffee. And of course, we went to a dark roast, and then you have uh, at the time when we did the study, and the dark roasted coffee roasted in nitrogen was just not not drinkable at all. And the one with, uh, with we didn't have like a roaster; we had a different yeah. setup, a chemical reactor that we used. Um, and and then uh, yeah, the coffee roasted in in oxygen was was had a coffee flavor, and the one <laughs> in nitrogen did not have a coffee flavor. So we we saw some things that uh, yeah. were just. Uh, different and we we saw that certain molecules seem to seem to need oxygen to degrade to produce a better roast but like i said it's it's really specific for warm coffee and for um a a dark roast it might be different at a light roast but uh so would you say that you create different flavors if you roast a half batch coffee and a full batch coffee of the same coffee um Yes, because you will not be able to uh, make the same uh, heat transfer if you use a, use a drum roaster. But if you have a fluidized yeah. bed roaster, you can be pretty much uh, in, in, uh, aligned with, with both batch sizes. And the heat heat transfer, I think, is crucial because if you use the same size roaster and then half batch and full batch, is, uh, it's quite challenging to, to, uh, to make the same heat yeah. transfer. Really interesting. I think it's a different subject for another session. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a whole uh, different uh, subject. The roasting, yeah. there's a lot of uh, interesting science behind there as well. Yeah, I was doing an interview about roast logging and then I'm going to do an interview about conduction and convection heating. And so it's going to be more and more talk about this in other episodes. But um, is there anything that you would like to add uh, that we missed, do you think? Or I think because I think we like summarize it quite well. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I would actually like to add one thing which we didn't touch here because we, we are talking about uh, the roaster aspect and how the roasters do uh, impact the freshness and how they decide. But it's also the roasters might have an influence on the consumer, how the consumers use the coffee because the consumers also impact how the coffee ages. You know, the, the, the problem is that the, for example, just imagine you have a nitrogen-flushed coffee. Yeah. It's in its bag. It's well protected. Uh, so the roaster did everything that the roaster could to yeah. protect this coffee. But then a consumer consumer uh, opens the bag, you know, takes the scissors, opens it over the full length, and takes some beans out and just leaves back like this. You know, maybe they fold a bit the, the bag. They think this protects something. 
but then you know this kind of case there's no more protection on the coffee and the coffee will age very quickly after it was opened because the consumer has an impact on what we call the secondary shelf life of coffee of so once the consumer opens the coffee how long is it still good depends on the consumer what they do with the coffee is there any different by adding like a sip or a non-sip on the bag um so with the zip i'm not in, uh, I, i cannot say because we never tested a zip on the back but we tested a clip and the clip is very good so so to to clip the coffee below the valve through the whole width of the back yeah. that's very efficient so it's a very tight seal and and it also you know minimizes the, the empty space within the back because you can go always lower and lower with the clip yeah And so the, 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 this is the best way uh, from the ways we tested. So you no know, folding the bag and taping it down. This is not really tight. So the aroma will be still lost. The oxygen will go in, uh, you know, transferring the bag into another container. Even if the container is very tight, it's not advisable to do because the best protection is the aroma and, and the CO2. And, the, and the, if it's a nitrogen flush, the nitrogen that is in, in the original bag once you transfer the beans into another container you lose this uh this protection yeah. and also you know if you take the beans into a metal container if the container is at first full it's maybe okay but then as you're using the coffee out every time you open the container all the aroma it, which is in the container goes out and then you close the container and the coffee needs to aroma still needs to fill the container hmm. You know, you can, every time you smell the coffee, when you open your bag or container with coffee, it means that this aroma you smell, it's has, it came from the coffee. It's lost uh, because it goes into the space around because you smell it, but it's not anymore in the beans. So it means you will not extract it and get it in your cup. Hmm. Of course, it's nice to have a very good aroma from the bag when you smell it, when you open, open a bag, but you have to think that this aroma that you smelled, uh, will not end up in your beverage that's a really thinkful thought to have uh, with us because i like you say i don't think the roaster have the idea of what's happening with their coffee after they sold it because it's, it's yeah, not I, a, i also i also think that uh, they don't have but that's why i tried to mention this because i think it, uh, it's 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 about you no know, educating the, the the consumer to and the customers to know What is the best way to keep the coffee so it stays the fresh for longest? Yeah. So that was really uh, admiring having you on this podcast, or like Gisen is calling it Roastcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, it will be so interesting to follow your um, your common research. So for the people who would like to follow you, where do they found you? Thank you for inviting me to the, to the roastcast. I was really a pleasure to speak about my favorite topic about coffee. And yeah, if you, people want to follow me, uh, uh, they can follow me on my Instagram. It's uh, Samos Merke. And, uh, there I post, um, some topics about coffee, Try. I try to really simple, simple it down to very short uh, messages. So explain some chemical um, properties of coffee, some results of the experiment, or really just fundamental science of coffee in uh, an easy, easy and simple way. And uh, 
try to get some information out to the people and there you can also uh, see something about what type of work we're we're doing in our lab okay. uh, yeah that would be i would be really pleased if you follow me yeah i know it's a really great work you're doing man thank you for all the knowledge you're sharing thank you yeah we'll keep in touch and uh, have a lovely day yes thank you uh, really thanks again for inviting me it's a pleasure to to have a chat thank you so much bye thank you bye-bye Thank you for listening to this episode of the Giesen Roastcast. For more information, check out our social media and our website giesen.com. For any suggestions or ideas, please contact us on our social media. Till the next one.